The Wrecker by Robert Louis Stevenson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Wrecker by Robert Louis Stevenson. Prologue In the Marquesas. It was about three o'clock of a winter's afternoon in Tai O'Hay the french capital and port of entry of the marquesas islands the trades blew strong and squally the surf roared loud on the shingle beach and the fifty-ton schooner of war that carries the flag and influence of france about the islands of the cannibal group rolled at her moorings under prison hill the clouds hung low and black on the surrounding amphitheatre of mountains rain had fallen earlier in the day real tropic rain a waterspout for violence and the green and gloomy brow of the mountain was still seamed with many silver threads of torrent. In these hot and healthy islands winter is but a name. The rain had not refreshed, nor could the wind invigorate the dwellers of Tai Ohai. Away at one end, indeed, the commandant was directing some changes in the residency garden, beyond Prison Hill, and the gardeners, being all convicts, had no choice but to obey. All other folks slumbered and took their rest. Vaikehu, the native queen, in her trim house under the rustling palms, the Tahitian commissary in his beflagged official residence, the merchants in their deserted stores, and even the club servant in the club, his head fallen forward on the bottle counter under the map of the world and the cards of navy officers. In the whole length of the single shoreside street, with its scattered board houses looking to the sea, its grateful shade of palms and green jungle of puraos, no moving figure could be seen. Only at the end of the rickety pier, that once, in the prosperous days of the American rebellion, was used to groan under the cotton of John Hart, there might have been spied upon a pile of lumber the famous tattooed white man, the living curiosity of Taiyo Hai. His eyes were open, staring down the bay. He saw the mountains droop as they approached the entrance and break down in cliffs, the surf boil white round the two sentinel islets, and between, on the narrow bight of blue horizon, Uapu upraised the ghost of her pinnacled mountain-tops. But his mind would take no account of these familiar features, as he dodged in and out along the frontier line of sleep and waking, Memory would serve him with broken fragments of the past. Brown faces and white, of skipper and shipmate, king and chief, would arise before his mind and vanish. He would recall old voyages, old landfalls in the hour of dawn. He would hear again the drums beat for a man-eating festival. Perhaps he would summon up the form of that island princess for the love of whom he had submitted his body to the cruel hands of the tattooer and now sat on the lumber at the pier-end of Tai Ohai, so strange a figure of a European. Or perhaps from yet further back sounds and scents of England and his childhood might assail him, the merry clamour of cathedral bells, the broom upon the foreland, the song of the river on the weir. It is bold water at the mouth of the bay. You can steer a ship about either sentinel, close enough to toss a biscuit on the rocks. Thus it chanced that as the tattooed man sat dozing and dreaming, he was startled into wakefulness and animation by the appearance of a flying jib beyond the western islet. Two more headsails followed. 
and before the tattooed man had scrambled to his feet a topsail schooner of some hundred tons had luffed about the sentinel and was standing up the bay close-hauled the sleeping city awakened by enchantment natives appeared upon all sides hailing each other with the magic cry a hippie ship the queen stepped forth on her veranda shading her eyes under a hand that was a miracle of the fine art of tattooing the commandant broke from his domestic convicts and ran into the residency for his glass the harbour-master who was also the jailer came speeding down the prison hill the seventeen brown kanakas and the french boatswain's mate that make up the complement of the war schooner crowded on the forward deck and the various english americans germans poles corsicans and scots the merchants and the clerks of taiyo hai deserted their places of business and gathered according to invariable custom on the road before the club so quickly did these dozen whites collect so short are the distances in taiyo hai that they were already exchanging guesses as to the nationality and business of the strange vessel before she had gone about on her second board towards the anchorage a moment after english colours were broken out at the main truck i told you she was a johnny bull knew it by her headsails said an evergreen old salt still qualified if he could anywhere have found an owner unacquainted with his story to adorn another quarter-deck and lose another ship she has american lines anyway said the astute scots engineer of the gin mill it's my belief she's a yacht that's it said the old salt a yacht look at her davits and the boat over her stern a yacht in your eye said a glasgow voice look at her red ensign a yacht not much she isn't you can close the store anyway tom observed a gentlemanly german bonjour mon prince he added as a dark intelligent native cantered by on a neat chestnut vous allez boire un verre de bière but prince stanislas moanatini the only reasonably busy human creature on the island was riding hotspur to view this morning's landslip on the mountain road the sun already visibly declined night was imminent and if he would avoid the perils of darkness and precipice and the fear of the dead the haunters of the jungle he must for once decline a hospitable invitation even had he been minded to alight it presently appeared there would be difficulty as to the refreshment offered beer cried the glasgow voice no such thing i tell you there's only eight bottles in the club here's the first time i've seen british colours in this port and the man that sails under them has got to drink that beer the proposal struck the public mind as fair though far from cheering for some time back indeed the very name of beer had been a sound of sorrow in the club and the evenings had passed in dolorous computation here is havens said one as if welcoming a fresh topic what do you think of her havens i don't think replied havens a tall bland cool-looking leisurely englishman attired in spotless duck and deliberately dealing with a cigarette i may say i know she's consigned to me from auckland by donald and edinburgh i am on my way aboard what ship is she asked the ancient mariner haven't an idea returned havens some tramp they have chartered with that he placidly resumed his walk and was soon seated in the stern sheets of a whaleboat manned by uproarious kanakas himself daintily perched out of the way of the least maculation giving his commands in an unobtrusive dinner-table tone of voice and sweeping neatly enough alongside the schooner a weather-beaten captain received him at the gangway you are consigned to us i think said he i am mr havens 
that is right sir replied the captain shaking hands you will find the owner mr dodd below mind the fresh paint on the house haven stepped along the alleyway and descended the ladder into the main cabin mr dodd i believe said he addressing a smallish bearded gentleman who sat writing at the table why he cried it isn't loudon dodd myself dear fellow replied mr dodd springing to his feet with companionable alacrity i had a half hope it might be you when i found your name on the papers well there's no change in you still the same placid fresh-looking britisher i can't return the compliment for you seem to have become a britisher yourself said havens i promise you i am quite unchanged returned dodd the red tablecloth at the top of the stick is not my flag it's my partner's he is not dead but sleepeth there he is he added pointing to a bust which formed one of the numerous unexpected ornaments of that unusual cabin havens politely studied it a fine bust said he and a very nice-looking fellow yes he's a good fellow said dodd he runs me now it's all his money he doesn't seem to be particularly short of it added the other peering with growing wonder round the cabin his money my taste said dodd the black walnut bookshelves are old english the books all mine mostly renaissance french you should see how the beachcombers wilt away when they go round them looking for a change of seaside library novels the mirrors are genuine venice that's a good piece in the corner the daubs are mine and his the mudding mine mudding what is that asked havens these bronzes replied dodd i began life as a sculptor yes i remember something about that said the other i think too you said you were interested in california real estate surely i never went so far as that said dodd interested i guess not involved perhaps i was born an artist i never took an interest in anything but art if i were to pile up this old schooner to-morrow he added i declare i believe i would try the thing again insured inquired havens yes responded dodd there's some fool in frisco who insures us and comes down like a wolf on the fold on the profits but we'll get even with him some day well i suppose it's all right about the cargo said havens oh i suppose so replied dodd shall we go into the papers we'll have all to-morrow you know said havens and they'll be rather expecting you at the club c'est l'heure de l'absinthe of course loudon you'll dine with me later on mr dodd signified his acquiescence drew on his white coat not without a trifling difficulty for he was a man of middle age and well-to-do arranged his beard and moustaches at one of the venetian mirrors and taking a broad felt hat led the way through the trade room into the ship's waist the stern boat was waiting alongside a boat of an elegant model with cushions and polished hardwood fittings you steer observed loudon you know the best place to land i never like to steer another man's boat replied havens call it my partners and cry quits returned loudon getting nonchalantly down the side havens followed and took the yoke lines without further protest i'm sure i don't know how you make this pay he said to begin with she's too big for the trade to my taste and then you carry so much style i don't know that she does pay returned loudon i never pretend to be a business man my partner appears happy and the money is all his as i told you i only bring the want of business habits you rather like the berth i suppose suggested havens yes said loudon it seems odd but i rather do 
while they were yet on board the sun had dipped the sunset gun a rifle cracked from the war schooner and the colors had been handed down dusk was deepening as they came ashore and the cercle internationale as the club is officially and significantly named began to shine from under its low verandas with the light of many lamps the good hours of the twenty-four drew on the hateful poisonous day-fly of nuka Hiva was beginning to desist from its activity the land breeze came in refreshing draughts and the club men gathered together for the hour of absinthe to the commandant himself to the man whom he was then contending with at billiards a trader from the next island honorary member of the club and once a carpenter's mate on board a yankee warship to the doctor of the port to the brigadier of gendarmerie to the opium farmer and to all the white men whom the tide of commerce or the chances of shipwreck and desertion had stranded on the beach of taio high mr loudon dodd was formally presented by all since he was a man of pleasing exterior smooth ways and an unexceptionable flow of talk whether in french or english he was excellently well received and presently with one of the last eight bottles of beer on a table at his elbow found himself the rather silent centerpiece of a voluble group on the veranda talk in the south seas is all upon one pattern it is a wide ocean indeed but a narrow world you shall never talk long and not hear the name of bully hayes a naval hero whose exploits and deserved extinction left europe cold commerce will be touched on copra shell perhaps cotton or fungus but in a far-away dilettante fashion as by men not deeply interested through all the names of schooners and their captains will keep coming and going thick as mayflies and news of the last shipwreck will be placidly exchanged and debated to a stranger this conversation will at first seem scarcely brilliant but he will soon catch the tone and by the time he shall have moved a year or so in the island world and come across a good number of the schooners so that every captain's name calls up a figure in pyjamas or white duck and becomes used to a certain laxity of moral tone which prevails as in memory of mr hayes on smuggling ship scuttling barratry piracy the labor trade and other kindred fields of human activity he will find polynesia no less amusing and no less instructive than pall mall or paris mr loudon dodd though he was new to the group of the marquesas was already an old salted trader he knew the ships and the captains he had assisted in other islands at the first steps of some career of which he now heard the culmination or vice versa he had brought with him from further south the end of some story which had begun in taiyo high among other matter of interest like other arrivals in the south seas he had a wreck to announce the john t richards it appeared had, had met the fate of other island schooners dickinson piled her up on palmerston island dodd announced who were the owners inquired one of the club men oh the usual parties returned loudon capsicum and company a smile and a glance of intelligence went round the group and perhaps loudon gave voice to the general sentiment by remarking talk of good business i know nothing better than a schooner a competent captain and a sound reliable reef good business there's no such thing said the glasgow man nobody makes anything but the missionaries dash it i don't know said another there's a good deal in opium it's a good job to strike a tabooed pearl island say about the fourth year remarked a third 
skim the whole lagoon on the sly and up stick and away before the french get wind of you a pig knocket of cold is good observed a german there's something in wrecks too said havens look at that man in honolulu and the ship that went ashore on waikiki reef it was blowing a kona hard and she began to break up as soon as she touched lloyd's agent had her sold inside an hour and before dark when she went to pieces in earnest the man that bought her had feathered his nest three more hours of daylight and he might have retired from business as it was he built a house on Veritania street and called it for the ship yes there's something in wrecks sometimes said the glasgow voice but not often as a general rule there's deuced little in anything said havens well i believe that's a christian fact cried the other what i want is a secret get hold of a rich man by the right place and make him squeal i suppose you know it's not thought to be the ticket returned havens i don't care for that it's good enough for me cried the man from glasgow stoutly the only devil of it is a fellow can never find a secret in a place like the south seas only in london and paris mcgibbon's been reading some dime novel i suppose said one club man he's been reading aurora floyd remarked another and what if i have cried mcgibbon it's all true look at the newspapers it's just your confounded ignorance that sets you snickering i tell you it's as much as a trade as underwriting and a dash sight more honest the sudden acrimony of these remarks called loudon who was a man of peace from his reserve it's rather singular said he but i seem to have practised about all these means of livelihood did you ever vend a nucket inquired the inarticulate german eagerly no i have been most kinds of fool in my time returned loudon but not the gold-digging variety every man has a sane spot somewhere well then suggested someone did you ever smuggle opium yes i did said loudon was there money in that all the way responded loudon and perhaps you bought a wreck asked another yes sir said loudon how did that pan out pursued the questioner well mine was a peculiar kind of wreck replied loudon i don't know on the whole that i can recommend that branch of industry did she break up asked someone i guess it was rather i that broke down said loudon head not big enough ever try the blackmail inquired havens simple as you see me sitting here responded dodd good business well i'm not a lucky man you see returned the stranger it ought to have been good you had a secret asked the glasgow man as big as the state of texas and the other man was rich he wasn't exactly jay gould but i guess he could buy these islands if he wanted why what was wrong then couldn't you get hands on him it took time but i had him cornered at last and then what then the speculation turned bottom up i became the man's bosom friend the deuce you did he couldn't have been particular you mean asked dodd pleasantly well no he's a man of rather large sympathies if you're talking nonsense loudon said havens let's be getting to my place for dinner outside the night was full of the roaring of the surf scattered lights glowed in the green thicket native women came by twos and threes out of the darkness smiled and ogled the two whites perhaps wooed them with a strain of laughter and went by again bequeathing to the air a heady perfume of palm oil and frangipani blossom from the club to mr haven's residence was but a step or two and to any dweller in europe they must have seemed steps in fairyland if such an one could but have followed our two friends into the wide verandahed house 
sat down with them in the cool trellised room where the wine shone on the lamp-lighted tablecloth tasted of their exotic food the raw fish the breadfruit the cooked bananas the roast pig served with the inimitable meaty and that king of delicacies palm-tree salad seen and heard by fits and starts now peering round the corner of the door now railing within against invisible assistance a certain comely young native lady in a sack who seemed too modest to be a member of the family and too imperious to be less and then if such an one were whisked again through space to upper tooting or wherever else he honoured the domestic gods i have had a dream i think he would say as he sat up rubbing his eyes in the familiar chimney-corner chair i have had a dream of a place and i declare i believe it must be heaven but to dodd and his entertainer all this amenity of the tropic night and all these dainties of the island table were grown things of custom and they fell to meet like men who were hungry and drifted into idle talk like men who were a trifle bored the scene in the club was referred to i never heard you talk so much nonsense loudon said the host well it seemed to me there was sulphur in the air so i talked for talking returned the other but it was none of it nonsense do you mean to say it was true cried havens that about the opium and the wreck and the blackmailing and the man who became your friend every last word of it said loudon you seem to have been seeing life returned the other yes it's a queer yarn said his friend if you think you would like i'll tell it you here follows the yarn of loudon dodd not as he told it to his friend but as he subsequently wrote it this is the end of the prologue to the wrecker by robert louis stevenson <laughs>